0: selected for revival. It's the same title as last week, so it's part 2, and I'm going to have the same three major points as we had last week. However, the context of scripture is different and the subpoints are different, okay? But the same three points are the same. What the summary of the of the message is our church has been selected for revival. And there are three distinct prerequisites required in order for revival to come and to be sustained. It's hunger, holiness, and harvest. Hunger, holiness, and harvest. What is revival? Revival is when the glory of God comes down onto a church or a city or several churches. If there are several cities experiencing it at the same time, we kind of put that into an awakening category. But when a church experiences it, that's what we call a revival. Um, The Hebrew word for revival is kavod, C-A-V-A-D. It means heaviness. And so many of you that felt his presence for a split second during worship, imagine it not being a split second. Imagine it being an hour. Imagine it being way more significant because Kavad means heaviness. Or weight and you feel the weight the heaviness of the presence of God everyone just consciously feel the shirt that's on your back just go ahead and like make like feel it put your thoughts in that direction that's how you feel the presence of God it's very rare for him to do that for a long period of time. Sometimes you'll feel a brush across your face. Sometimes you'll feel yourself get emotional. But within a short time, that moment goes away. But when it comes onto a church and it remains, people don't want to leave. And then they come back the next night and the next night just because they want to experience that presence. That is already happening across the country. The reason why it's happening is nothing else will bring people back to the house of God, except for that. People are too concerned about COVID. People have lost interest in the church. People have experienced the love that they used to have has gone cold. They found better things to do They claim that they still love God, but not enough to make a sacrifice. And so the only thing that will bring his people back is if a remnant of people will be hungry, pay the price of holiness, and reach out to the harvest. That will provoke the revival that God wants to do among us. I'm going to use 2 Chronicles chapter 5 as the case study. Samuel was building a temple. And he said, bring the Ark of the Covenant here. We will not have a church. We will not have a temple. We will not have a sanctuary, a tabernacle, unless his presence is here. In other words, we're not going to play church. We're not going to do four songs and make some announcements and preach a 35-minute message and everybody go home. We're not interested in that. We want the Ark of the Covenant in this place, or we're not interested in meeting at all. The Ark of the Covenant is a type and shadow of the presence of God. It was a physical rectangular box that represented the presence of God. Wherever that box went was where the presence of God was. They were not interested in having church unless they were experiencing the presence of God. They had a hunger, a hunger, a fervency about their prayer, about their approach. Listen to this. If the fervency of your prayer does not move you. It does not move God. Charles Spurgeon said this, a prayer without fervency is like hunting with a dead dog. In other words, if you're not going to be fervent about your prayer, save yourself the breath. Do something else. You say, Frankie, are those just eloquent words that sound good in a sermon? No. It's based out of John 5, 16, where he says the effectual fervent prayer. Fervent, say fervent on three, one, two, three. Fervent. Say it, say it fervently. One, two, three. Fervent. Fervently. When I pray alone. In my office or at home, I'm praying fervently or I'm just going to stop praying. And it's not about eloquency. It's about fervency. It's, I love you. I love you. I love you. I thank you. I love you. I thank you. I thank you. I love you. I thank you. It's coming from the core of who I am. Hunger and fervency. Fervency. This Wednesday, we'll continue our prayer meetings. Prayer meetings are very interesting because anyone and everyone is invited to come on Sunday. But you're not, not everyone and anyone's invited to Wednesday. On Sunday, we want, if you breathe, we want you here. If you want to fall asleep during my sermon, I still want you here. If you're sleeping right now, stay asleep. Enjoy your dream. I'm just happy. I'm happy you're here. But not everybody is welcome and not everybody is invited to come to the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Just not invited. And the reason for that is not everyone is willing to show up and pray with fervency. You're not willing. You want to sit there and look around. You want to sit there and hum a few prayers like you're praying over your Cheerios and and look around. You just don't come. Come next Sunday. Don't come. Do not come. Now, Hannah in the Bible prayed fervently without a word coming out of her mouth. So fervency is not volume. Fervency is fervency. David prayed out loud. Hannah prayed quietly. Fervency. If you're not going to pray with fervency, I'll see you next week. Do not come on Wednesdays. It's not for you. Hunger and fervency. The second thing is holiness. Solomon looked at everyone and said, we're going to dedicate the temple unto the Lord. I want you to bring your sheep. I want you to bring your cattle. I want you to bring your animals. We're going to make a sacrifice. And they said the sacrifice was so great, they couldn't even count the number of animals that they sacrificed. Holiness is a sacrifice. To say, I am going to be separate from the world. I'm not going to dress like, I'm not going to talk like, I'm not going to act like, I'm not going to, I am separate. My mind is focused on you and whatever you want me to stop doing, to stop saying, to stop thinking, I will do it for you. I'll need your grace to help me, but in my heart and my soul and my mind doesn't ever want to do those things again. Give me your grace to be able to stop. And for each person, it may be different. For Job, his holiness call was a call for his eyes to be recalibrated. He said, Lord, I hear you, and I, in Job 31 1, I will make a covenant with my eyes to not look lustfully at any young woman. A covenant, holiness. See, sacrifices and holiness is unnecessary and undesirable to the person who isn't pursuing the presence of God. Holiness is unnecessary, undesirable, but to the person who's craving the presence of God, they're saying, I will do anything. Holiness is the culture of heaven. Holiness has always mattered, still matters, and always will matter. If you choose not to be holy, you are choosing to not experience the fullness of his presence. Now you may say, I can go to heaven. I'm still going to go to heaven. Possibly. But you're not going to feel his presence here on earth. Number three harvest in second chronicles five all the levites that set up the temple right before they had church they went and got all their brothers and all their sons now in the bible they usually refer to males more often but anytime it says males it usually includes their entire family so the levites went to go get their entire family and brought them to church See, when salvations and rededications stop happening in a church, revival cannot last. It can't. When Christians come and stand before God and say, I want to feel your presence, I want to feel your presence, I want to feel your presence, they may feel it, but it will be for a short amount of time. That's why revivals do not last. Because it is not God's plan for his children to show up to the house of God and just soak in his presence every single night. He's, it, that's not the plan. That's not the great commission. I just want to show up and feel your presence. That's all I want to do. I just want to show up and feel your presence. That's all I want to do is show You may feel it off and on, but it's not going to be Sustained. Salvation is the kindling that makes revival burn. And when people stop getting saved and people stop rededicating their life, you can expect for the revival fire to stop as well. We have, this is why over the past three weeks, I've witnessed to seven people I've gotten some of them to come to church and some of them not to come to church, but I'm trying because I know what I want. I've got a dual motivation. I want them to experience the presence of God, but the experience that we're going to experience together, I want it to sustain. I don't want it to last for a day, a moment, a minute, an hour. I want it to sustain. Are you with me? Come on. Are you with me? Are you with me? If you do not care about sharing the presence of God, God is less motivated on overwhelming you with his presence. You may feel it here and there. But his great commission is of great importance. And those who partner with him will experience all of him. You mean what do you mean partner with him? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 it says that God has invited you into a partnership with Jesus Christ. A partnership That means you experience the glory of God the way Jesus did and you also reach the lost the way Jesus did. I implore you and urge you to bring whoever you can to church. When I invite someone to church, it usually sounds like this. Hey, what church do you go to? If they say, First Baptist of Ma Silva, and I know of that church, and I know it's a good church, I usually say, that's an awesome church. You need to be faithful there, man. That's, I, I've heard of that pastor. I heard he's awesome. But if they're like, I don't really go to church, I say, I got a church for you. The pastor is cool. Now, I've invited people to church without them knowing I'm the pastor, and I get up there, and I'm like, hey. Gotcha. <laughs> as long as we keep inviting people to church, we will keep going deeper and deeper. Yeah. Yeah, good. Now, here's the other thing. God wants his glory to rest on you, but flow through you. That's why you pray, God, I don't want to just invite anyone. Cause me to have an an attraction to who you want me to invite. Sometimes it's your kids. Sometimes it's your aunt. Sometimes it's your neighbor. Sometimes it's somebody at H-E-B. You have an attraction. you, You like them. You find yourself liking them. And you start up a conversation with them and get around to what church do you go to? It's not dangerous. If they say we go to blah, 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 blah. Cool. They say I don't go to church. <laughs> wah wah wah. <laughs> Who whistled? Was it you? That was good. That was good. My son <laughs> We went to Florida. I don't have time for this, but we went to Florida and we were hanging over the this the balcony and there was some kind of party happening on the sand over there. And there was, I think there was more beer cans than there were people. And so we were just going to watch from our balcony. Right. And so Luke yells out, Hey, and like 20 people yelled back at him. They went, yeah. And I was like, what's going on here? And so they went, they whistled at Luke. Well, Luke can't whistle. So he goes, Loud whistle sounds. (laughs) Come up here, Luke. Actually, Presley, you come up too. All right. So I'm going to embarrass Luke even more. This is Presley. She's the older one. This is Luke. I told Luke last night in the truck, I said, vacation's over, pal. You're going to church in the morning. You know what he said? Dad, really? You're the pastor's kid. You're not supposed to say that. As the father of the house, if you're going to sit in my house and you're going to lay on the bed I bought you, you're going to get your lazy but just come to church, that's what I'm gonna say. I love you, I love you. Go ahead and sit down, I love you guys. Michelle, I want you to come on up here and I want you to share with everyone how you experience the miraculous move of God in your life. Go ahead.
1: Good morning. Um, two months ago, I was having sharp pains and loss of hearing and um, a ringing in my ear in my left ear and I gave it about three days and I'm like it's just it's no big deal but it just kept happening and kept happening and so um, as I just I kept I'm like you know what I'm just going to pray about this because I know that God can heal so I'm just going to go for it and I prayed about it and the pain and the loss of hearing kept happening and so probably a couple of weeks went by and you know the enemy just kept putting in my head that you're not going to get healed doubt kept coming in but yet I had faith in my heart so I was just going to stand on God's word and of course faith by, come by hearing and hearing by the word of God so I kept listening to sermons I kept speaking my healing before I received the healing and I kept praising him and so Wednesday night uh, prayer meetings stopped here but my life group um, my husband and I had our life group um, at our homes on Wednesday nights so prior to life group coming over um, we decided to turn on praise and worship which we typically do to set the atmosphere of the home and as I was praising God like tears just kept flowing through me and I just got down on my knees and I just I felt him tell me that there was going to be healing in our home because of that, I was going to declare it and establish it. And I knew, I knew that nobody was going to walk out of our house not changed. Like some, we were going to be changed. So, my friend, uh, so we didn't know how to do prayer meeting in our home because typically we just do life groups. So, we decided to just stand in a circle. And as the Holy Spirit moved, we just prayed. And a friend prayed over me in my ear. She didn't have to touch my ear, she just prayed over me. And that was it we had a great uh, prayer meeting and that was it so we had fellowship after it was fine didn't think about it Um, went to bed that night didn't think about it and it this next morning when I had a quiet time with the Lord didn't think about it it wasn't until I sat down on my computer getting ready to work that all of a sudden a thought comes through my head ear I grab my ear And I knew at that moment that I was healed. I didn't have to. To this day, that was probably three weeks ago. To this day, no no pain, no nothing. Healed.
0: I love it. I love it. (laughs) Why did I share that testimony? Two reasons. One... For those of you that have been coming to church here, you already know this. If you're new, you don't know. So let me fill fill you in. For the past two years, every time we believe God that people are going to get healed in a service, people get healed. Every time for the last two years. I'm so thankful and I'm grateful that he's being so kind in that way. But the second thing that I wanted to show you is that that healing, that miracle didn't happen in church and the pastor was a galaxy away. I didn't even know they were meeting, to be honest. What's unique, I'll get to that in a minute, but this is how God wants to move in your life. He wants his power and presence to move through you. So, when someone says that they're sick or they're hurting, or you notice they have a handicap, you notice their back hurts, you notice you get excited because this is the opportunity that you've been waiting for. And instead of just standing there saying, Oh, I wish I was that person that could pray and see a miracle, you step up and you realize that you are that person. In the first service, people were healed. In the second service, people were healed. In this service, people will be healed. Now, it's so interesting to me because every service is different. Every service is different. And usually speaking, I can have an impression like what Michelle was talking about just this. It's, it's like a thought, but it's an impression of who in particular God wants to heal. And I'll have that thought. And if I describe the physical challenge, if that person raises their hand and says, it's me, they're going to get healed. It's like me calling your name. It's what it's like. I mean, if you had a headache right now and I said, there's somebody here who has a headache and you're like, oh my goodness, you raise your hand. It would be like me calling your name. But I don't want to do a headache because I'm not, I'm not compelled to. If you have a headache, I'm not compelled. You, I believe you'll get healed, but that's not what's, what I feel the Lord talking to me about. I actually feel certain pains in my body this morning. And if I'm feeling the pain that you're feeling, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. the first one is right here in your hip and it's shooting down right here and I'm feeling it on the outside too the second one I felt during worship it was just for a split second is like right under your belly button there's a sharp pain in your stomach there was a third but I can't remember what it was supposed to write this stuff down my my mentor is dr randy and he types it into his cell phone i was like i don't need to do that i'll remember but right back in here pain either on the right or on the left i felt similar pains during the second service and i'm still feeling them right now i remember what it was your right eye is causing you problems. Your right eye is causing you problems. I don't know if if you're losing vision in it or if it just hurts or if it's super dry. So let me go in reverse order. Is there anyone here? I'm gonna to come to you for a word of knowledge in a minute. Is there anyone with the right eye? You? Come here. Anyone else? and if alright raise your hand if it was any one of those what is it your right eye okay come here what is it alright come here right here shooting down yeah come here back in the back right here come here Your right eye? See, I almost forgot that one. See? It was between services and I was running up and I was like rubbing my eye and I was like, that's not normal for me. What about you? Hip right in here. Is there pain going down? Okay. Come here. Your right eye? My goodness. You want to hear something? This is just a personal testimony. I'm going to come back to you, those of you that raise your hand. Personal testimony. So usually I get this word of knowledge, this this thought, like what Michelle was describing. That's always been the deal. But there's prayer partners in our church that have, they, they feel it in their body, but that's just never been me. And I told God, when we come back after July, when we come back, I don't wanna pick up where I left off. I wanna be further ahead. I want our church further ahead. I wanna be further ahead. And sure enough, I'm feeling it for the first time in my life. I'm feeling it. And so um, I'm just really excited about that. All right, someone else. I saw a hand go up over here. I said, yeah. What is it? All right, come on down. I can't quite hear you, but come down. Is there anyone else? What is it? Back here. All right, come down. You scratching your head, Taylor, or is your hand up? <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone? Dandruff. No, I'm just kidding. Michelle, come on up here. I wish I could get dandruff.
1: Um, is is this on? Okay, there yeah. we go. Sorry. Um, I'm feeling a pain right here. It's not like Pastor Frankie where you have it here and it's shooting straight down. Uh-huh. This pain is right in this area, so I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going straight down? Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: That pain yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Are you feeling it closer to the stomach area? No, yeah. Like this yeah. Area right here. Okay. So, like inside your pelvis area, right? Is that anybody in the room? It's you. Excellent, excellent. Anyone else? Anyone else? Do you have another one? Or is that it? All right. I got. You can go ahead and sit down, Michelle. What I love is when I see people grow at the church. It was probably a year and a half, two years. Mike and Michelle were on the stage, and. Um, Mike had a word of knowledge, and I looked at Michelle, and she's like, I don't have nothing. <laughs> Move on. And now I can say, Hey, I'm going to come to you in a minute to have a word of knowledge. Just know that. And she says, Okay. See, that's my hope as your pastor that when I see you in a year, you have gifts, anointings, faith courage that you've never had heart anyone have a heart I just had a sharp pain in my heart just now is anyone here having heart issues I just felt a sharp pain anyone you you come here come here anyone else I'm going to need prayer partners for this one. I need a prayer partner to come down and come help me. I want, for those of you that are new to all this and you're a little bit skeptical, come next Sunday and we'll have testimonies of people that were healed in this service right now. And you'll get to see it. If we don't have any testimonies, guess what? They didn't get healed. We're not gonna have them all give testimonies. We'll have maybe one, because I want to speak too. <laughs> Stand up on your feet, Lord Jesus. Um, will you, David? Will you come pray for him? you raise your hands Father in the name of Jesus is there a girl named Anna here Anna a Spanish girl named Anna no Anna okay in the name of Jesus bless your people If you're in this room and you need a healing, but I didn't call it out, I want you to come down to the bottom of the aisle and we're gonna pray for you. If you have not given your life to God, I want you to come down and let's give your life to God. That's the most important thing. Let me say this as well. I can't remember if I said this or not. We've seen cancer, we've seen all these healings take place. I do not wanna pray for anyone who has COVID symptoms. Not because I don't believe that you can get healed. I don't want you to come to church. I want you to come back after those symptoms go away. So if you're coughing and you ask me to pray for you because you're coughing, I'm gonna say, you go home and I'll pray for you from there. Not because I'm afraid. I'm just saying there's a difference between rights and responsibilities. And I don't want you to come. All right. I love you. Lord, bless your people. Bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them.